as I had said, this is the first time in the history of our church, uh, which isn't very long in and of itself, but that we've had uh, baptisms here on campus. This is super exciting. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of you are here because you want to celebrate uh, with those people who have invited you or who are being baptized today, so thanks for joining us today. If you, if you guys are familiar, and maybe you, you aren't, um, with the, the history of God's people uh, as told through the scripture, um, there was a time when God's people were enslaved. Um, if you've seen the Ten Commandments, you may know this story. Um, other Disney films as well has portrayed this, I think, the king, uh, Prince of Egypt. Um, but, uh, but there was a time when they were enslaved to the Egyptians. And the night that God was going to liberate his people, he tells them to gather together to, to sacrifice a lamb, to spread that blood all over the, the post of their door. And then just after he says that, he says, he says this. Today, in the month of Aviv, you are leaving, right? You're leaving Egypt, right? I have liberated you. I'm redeeming you out of Egypt. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, Jebusites, the land you swore, uh, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast, and the seventh day, hold a festival to the Lord. And so every single day, every single year then from then on, I want you to have this feast. For seven days, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you are to remember what God has done to redeem you. Remember this night. Every single year, I want you to remember this night. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be among you, nor shall any yeast be... Uh, seen anywhere within your borders on that day tell your son right so tell the story tell the story of how god has redeemed you tell your son i do this because of what the lord did for me when i came up out of egypt this observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the lord is to be on your lips for the lord brought you out of egypt with his mighty hand tell the story Every single year as you reflect on the goodness of God and how he has redeemed you and what he has done in your life, tell the story of what God has done. And so they're like, well, what has God done for us? Right? We're actually technically still enslaved, right? Nothing has actually happened yet. Yeah, the, the blood has been sprinkled on, on the doorpost. Yes, the death of the firstborn has happened, but we are still like running for our lives in fear. And so the next day they get up. You might know this story. They're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. What does God do? He parts the water, and the, and the Israelites walk through the water. And as they get to the other side, God closes the water down upon the Egyptians. And, and as they see the mighty hand of God at work, they start singing and celebrating and dancing. And they sing this song in Exodus 15. And at the end, here's what Moses says in the song. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them in your holy dwelling. The nations will hear, and the nations will tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. So, for some, somehow, uh, you know, as you start telling your children about the goodness of God, if you, as you tell this story of what God has done and how he has redeemed you and how he has rescued you out of slavery in Egypt, as you talk about that, then all of the nations throughout all of the world are going to hear about it. Somehow, all of the world is going to know of the goodness of God because of the stories that you tell. And about 40 years later, the Israelites finally get into their promised land, and they go to this city named Jericho, and while there, they meet this prostitute named Rahab, and a couple of the Israelites are, are sitting in Rahab's home, and 
they're talking with her. And this is 40 years later now, okay? This is about 1,000 miles from, from Egypt, about where they had, you know, just been liberated. 1,000 miles away, 40 years later. Here's what Rahab says. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came up out of Egypt and what he did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. A thousand miles away, 40 years later, this nation had heard. Someone had been telling stories. Someone had been talking about how the Lord had redeemed the Israelites. About 500 years later, the Israelites are reflecting on the goodness of God. They're reflecting on all that God has done for them over the years. And Psalm 66 is talking about how God had parted the Red Sea and how he had liberated his people out of bondage from the Egyptians. And it concludes in verse 16 by saying this, Come and hear, my friends, all you who who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. Come and hear the goodness of God. Let me tell you what he has done For me, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Do you guys get the theme of this morning? Something incredible has happened in someone's life. And they began to tell the story of the goodness of God. And a thousand miles away, 40 years later, Entire nations had heard of the goodness of God and they praised God and they recognized the God who is God in heaven because of the stories that were being told. It happened throughout all of the Old Testament. It happens throughout all of the New Testament. That is, people tell their story of how God has been good to them, about how God has redeemed them. Then something begins to happen in the world. Something beautiful begins to take place. And so part of this, um, this baptismal service this morning is the sharing of a story that's a really important part of it actually it's the sharing of someone's story of the goodness of God and what he has done on their behalf and what he has done for them and our hope then is that as our sherries are being are are being shared as our (laughs) stories wow as our stories are being (laughs) sherries (laughs) sherries oh boy as our stories are being shared that neighbors and co-workers and friends will recognize the goodness of God and they too then maybe 40 years down the road maybe five years down the road maybe tomorrow might come and say I too want to be baptized after that psalmist had said that it took um, about 700 years after the psalmist wrote those words but Jesus Christ came onto the scene and the pages of history and that redemption and that liberation that God had, had, had done, you know, so, so many centuries before, all of a sudden took on a brand new meaning for the Israelites, for the Jewish people, for all of the world. Jesus, time and time again, says, you know, everything that you hear about that God did for the people of Israel, like, every time you think of me, I don't want you to think about the Israelites anymore. I want you to think of me now. Every time you think of the redemption of God and the liberation of God, I don't want you to think of what God did for the, for the Israelites. I want you to think of now what God is doing through me for the entire world. And so, my friends, we have stories to share. We, we, have, we have stories to share. We have stories to tell. 
When Paul's writing his letter to the Colossians, he says this, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Like Jesus Christ is God incarnate. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. So God has cut away the fleshly part of you, right? Now there's a spirit that lives and is vibrant within you. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism. Right? Through the redemption that Christ offered through not the life that he lived, yes, but the death that he underwent, the time that he slayed, buried in a grave, and then the resurrection of the dead, right? Th- that is the redemptive component. That is where liberation takes place. That is where salvation happens. Having been buried with Christ in baptism, right? This is a participation. In which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, when you were living by your fleshly nature, right? By when you were living in rebellion to God, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away and he nailed it to the cross. He took all the sin, all the filth, all the dirt, all the mess that was our life, and he nailed it to the cross of Jesus Christ. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. He shamed them, triumphing over them by the cross. And in turn, he offered us his life. This is baptism. There's nothing about this water that that it washes us. It's purely symbolic, right? As we go down under, we are participating in the death, the burial, and the resurrection as we come up out of the water of Jesus Christ. There's nothing about this that saves us that Christ has not already done, but those who participate in baptism today are declaring the goodness of God. They're sharing a story about what God has done for them. And so I'm going to invite uh, our first person uh, forward this morning to be baptized, and he's going to share his story. Uh, unfortunately, Michael Guzman, who was going to be baptized this morning, had a family emergency last night, and so he's not able to be with us this morning. So I'm jumping to the second person on the list, who happens to be Jason Stein. So Jason, please come forward, buddy. This is a super exciting day. Jason's going to share a little bit about a story and why he decided to do this this morning. So Jason, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Tell tell us about Jesus and his goodness in your life, man. What's he doing? Um, Everything in the right way. Um, Before I met Jesus, it was just, I had nothing for, before I met Jamie. um, uh, I I wrote a little something down. Yeah, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not good with remembering things, so. (laughs) I might need it. It's like an ice cream cone. Yeah. Um, so before following Jesus, uh, I grew up in a Jewish family. We did, uh, we did all the holidays, sort of went to synagogue, uh, did the Sunday school thing, and I had a bar mitzvah. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, um, it's in the Jewish religion, it's pretty much becoming of a man. Um, I didn't really enjoy it. I uh, actually memorized my Torah reading uh, because I really couldn't read the Hebrew, um, even though I went to school for it since I was little until... I guess 7th or 13, kind of like grade school into middle school. Um, and uh, so that's kind of my growing up. Um, as for my turn, should I just jump right into yeah, that? Please. Or, yeah, please. Okay. Go, go ahead. Um, sure. My turning point had to be when we brought our son to the preschool here at Little Blessings. Uh, we had a little bit of a rough start. 
and uh, the the teachers, the wonderful teachers, uh, especially Miss Diana, um, and her, her kind heart. Uh, he thrived at the school. Uh, my wife Jamie and I were told about the school, and after Jacob uh, started coming to Little Blessings, we heard about the church, and we sat in a few of the Sunday sermons. I told Jamie that Pastor Ross sounded like Dane Cook, who we think is really funny. Many, many, many people. <laughs> um, uh, so listening to him was easy. Even after attending church Sunday after Sunday, I started wow, I really enjoy being here. I can relate so much to what is being said every day, every week. Uh, at that point uh, is where I found Jesus. Um, and then I started praying, playing, soft, playing on the softball team, uh, volunteering for RC Kids and, and meeting new people. Um, where am I here? And uh, I was able to call all these people friends. And uh, I even told, I told Pastor Ross when I'm here, I feel like, I just feel like I'm home. I feel like, you know, you're my family and I'm, I'm home. Um, so, future? Yeah, yeah, right go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's All good. right. Um, I just hope for the future that I can continue to follow Jesus and learn more about him every day. Uh, I don't want to be a holiday Christian like I was a holiday Jew. Um, and the difference in that is that I love coming here. I love sitting in these seats. I love listening to the sermons on Sunday. Each week that I'm here, I learn more about Jesus, and even when I work with the kids' ministry and they do large group, uh, I watch the videos with them, and I even learn down there, too. That's right. So they should all volunteer in kids' men? Is that your plug? Absolutely, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jason. Feel free to take your shoes off. You know? uh, all right. I will do that. Try to warm it up as best I could. Continue to support Jason uh, and his family, and uh, continue to help him continue to grow in his relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. God bless, buddy. I love you, man. Love you. We've just consigned to the church being a sloppy mess right now. It's it's it is what it is, you know. So, I'm gonna invite uh, Darlene forward, and she is going to share. Yeah, yeah. I love this applause. Let's keep this up. Darlene, wow. Give me a wet hug right now. I love this. That's right. We do have a few t-shirts lying around probably that if you guys, there's no shortage of t-shirts. Darlene, hello. Yes. Thank you for being here this morning. So excited. You're quite welcome. That you're making this decision this morning. Uh, Tell us about how you came to um, this conclusion and this point in your faith journey. Okay. Um, 
my, when I was born, my brother was 13, my sister was 10. They had told me after I got older that they had gone to church and when, after I was born, my parents didn't go to church. Okay. Um, they, it was Catholic church and we still had to go to Catholic school. So I went to Catholic school and in the meantime, Catholic school didn't teach you anything about God. Mm. It was just, you had to do what they said. You had to, um, abide. you had to go to church. You could only pray in church. God could only hear you in church mm. and nothing else mattered. Well, in the meantime, my, now my children didn't know this when they were growing up so that they could have grandparents. My dad used to beat my mom. He used to strangle her and tell her that he would kill her. I then, excuse me, I would pray and I would pray all the time at home, even though the church had said it wouldn't. And even though it still kept going, I still prayed. I then had come to realize that the praying to me in my mind had helped. She didn't die but she was still being beaten, but he would still say she was going to die. But in my mind, I didn't realize that that was from God till yeah. later on. But anyway, so then um, after my dad had passed 12 years ago, then I told my children, and they were in shock. They had no idea because he was a totally different person mm. to right. them. Um then, uh, in the meantime, through all that, Mike lived around, that's my husband, he used to live around the corner from me. Well, I would see him all the time outside. I would see him walking his dog. Now, you're talking about being 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. He had gone to public school. Now, every time I saw him, I would get this amazing, happy feeling <laughs> and I would say to God, I wanted to marry him. <laughs> and I prayed and I prayed. And now I still didn't believe there was a, a God per se because the Catholic Church Everything had told. Everything you were taught. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it was May 18th, 1975. I was 16. Mike was 17. By this time, we were in 10th grade. I had started ca uh, public school in 9th grade because my parents couldn't afford Catholic school. So I was riding my bike, and I had stopped at the corner in our section. And all of a sudden, Mike comes riding up with his bike. And he stops next to me, and he says, can I ride with you? I said, yes. So we rode around four or five sections, and then he says, well, let's go back to our section 
to George Washington School, which is in our section, and go up and swing on the swings. So I said, fine. Meanwhile, in my brain, I'm like, okay, maybe there is a God. Maybe <laughs> this is. He's answering all your prayers, yeah, right? I mean, well, come on. <laughs> so we get up. In, at that time, the school was too small for classrooms, so they had extra portables classrooms okay. out front. So as we went up in between the portables, he stops, so I stop, and he says, he turns around, looks at me, and he says, I've been waiting to do this a long time, and he kissed me. <laughs> so then we go up, we swing, <laughs> we leave, and we go home. So I'm at home, and I said, okay, maybe there really is a God. <laughs> and all but my dad was still beating my mom, he was still trying, it was still all right. going on. Right. So I still wasn't sure about anything. Yeah. So then um, we were dating, and something kept telling me I always shopped at flea markets or yard sales or stuff like that. It kept telling me to go and pick up home, like dishes anything like that that went through for being married because mm. I'm a very thrifty person. I have sure. always done everything cheap. <laughs> so I would put everything frugal. in my You're frugal. You're not closet <laughs> and I had it in my closet. Now he hadn't asked, he hadn't gate sure. or anything like that. So also at the same time, Levittown Shopping Center was getting rid of its stores because Oxford, they were going up to Oxford Valley Mall. Now, this was between 75 and 77. So, Littman's was going out of business. And for some reason, which at that time I had no idea why, I went over and I saw a man's wedding band and a woman's wedding band in the window for $40. Now, I babysat. I didn't have a job or anything. Sure. I had babysitting money. <coughs> I went in. I bought the wedding band. Now, we weren't even engaged or anything. <laughs> <laughs> something was telling you, though, to do this, something, right? Yeah. Yes, something was telling me. So I went, <coughs> bought it, put it away in the closet. Well, then, two years exactly to the day, it was May 18, 1977, he asked me to marry him. Wow. So then April 8, 1978, we got married. We just celebrated 40 years. Whew. Thank you. And I have an amazing husband, mm -hmm. an amazing friend. Ama he's an amazing dad. I have three amazing children, Holly, Heather, and Dana. I have ten amazing grandchildren, Jason, Naomi, and David. I have Emma, Landon, Ailey, Brody. I have Michael, Aaron, Autumn. And I wouldn't change any of my life. I think the, the horrible struggles I had for those 16 years won't replace, were replaced by the beautiful 43 years that I've had with Mike. And my daughter, Heather, had brought, um, had gone to Grace Point. She got married there and 
that's when I started realizing, now I hadn't been to church since eighth grade, that Grace Point was amazing. Well, then five years ago, she, in the summertime, she was told me she had, was planning this church and that um, it was going to open on October 20th, 2013. Mm -hmm. So I came, and I was hoping that it was going to be close to what Grace Point was. Mm -hmm. Well, I just have to say, you're amazing. Yeah. Um, the way, that's the whole reason I figured everything out. The way you read the Bible and how you explain it in what it is today is how this came about. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll give her lots of hugs. So you've come to realize the salvation can only be offered through Jesus, something you probably never learned as a child or... Never, never at all. Yeah. But yeah. something in my brain kept telling me those things, but I had no idea why yeah. it was telling me. Yeah. And up until the time my dad passed 12 years ago, he did still beat her and all, but it wasn't like we actually lived there for the first year after we were married because I was so scared to leave her. Wow. And then after when Mike was there, he, he would just verbally abuse her, whereas before it was much worse than. And then what I had forgot to tell you at the very beginning was my mother used to tell me after I was old enough that I was switched at birth from the hospital because my brother, I was nothing like my brother and sister. So besides all that, wow. it's ju I'm just so happy for w the last 43. Yeah. Yeah, God has, God has had his hand on you this whole time, right? Yeah. And you felt it and you've known it. And um, it came through this place to inform you of his son, Jesus Christ, and all that he's done for you. Yes. I'm so grateful that you have accepted that and that you are here today uh, proclaiming your faith in Jesus. Yeah, so you can just put that right here. So, Darlene. How, Darlene, how old are you? I'm 59. 59. I love this. Being baptized at 59. How awesome is that? I'm, I'm, a, ge I'm a gentleman. Is that? There you go. There you go. I'll put down the mic. So, Darlene, because of your testimony. <laughs> it's And just like Jason, let's continue to support and encourage Darlene and her faith in Jesus. Are you <laughs> yeah, Coach Ains, perfect. <laughs> I am going to now invite my friend Gina Ford. Yay. 
Gina. Hi, Gina. Here. Hello. Gina. So excited for you this morning. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So tell us how you got to this point in your faith journey. Okay. I guess I'll preface it with the fact that I grew up Catholic. Um, So I went to CCD. um, And then uh, around 2007, um, my life was a mess. Uh, My marriage was falling apart. Um, I moved in with my parents. I shared a small bedroom with my two kids. And I felt like a failure. So um, one day I heard this song on the radio, and um, it made me realize that <clears throat> excuse me, I needed to let go of the control I had on my life because I wasn't doing a very good job, and I needed to put it in God's hands. So um, I started by going back to church, um, the church I grew up in. Um, every Sunday morning I would get up early, and uh, on the way to church I would blast that song that changed my way of thinking to the point that I am pretty sure my oldest hates that song. Can you share the song with us? Uh, Jesus, Take Take the the Wheel. wheel. Carrie Underwood, all right. Shout out. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I got what I could from that, and I started rebuilding my life. Um, About a year and a half after I moved in with my parents, I um, got a place of my own. I was advancing in my career. And uh, I started working things out with my husband. So in 2009, we got back together. Uh, By 2010, my youngest was born. And we moved away to start a new life. I walked away from the church. And I still believed in God. But I definitely didn't have a relationship with him. And in that time, I really hated the person I became. (laughs) Um, I was making horrible decisions. I... um, My marriage was falling apart again, and I was projecting my anger on my kids. Um, It was really a toxic environment for them. Um, Eventually, I decided to leave and move back home. Um, I made the decision to put my life in God's hands once again and um, wound up reconnecting with an old flame. Um, (laughs) And uh, my life started falling back into place. It wasn't quite enough for me, so my now mother-in-law invited me here. Um, It was both of our first time, um, and it started with the music. Um, I forget what the song was, but I just remember tears running down my my face. Um, And then I've heard people say it before here, but I truly felt like Ross was talking to me um, that day. And then at the end of the service, there was a prayer circle for a member of the congregation who was about to undergo surgery, and that was the community I wanted to be a part of. Um, I, I believe that God put me here not only for me, but for my, husband, my new husband and uh, for our kids. So I, don't, I just don't want to take God's love for granted ever again. Uh, so notice all the different ways God speaks to people, right? I mean, all these stories have different ways, but God is constantly trying to communicate to us, and um, he brought you to this point of of now making this commitment uh, t- and declaring publicly that you're a follower of Jesus. So thank you for sharing your story, Gina. Sure. Get inside the supposedly very cold water.
And who is this young gentleman? Your handsome son, and his name is Anthony, right? And what's going to happen in like five minutes? He's going to be baptized too, right? Which is super cool. And last, last uh, summer, your daughter, Carly, was baptized. So uh, look how the, the influence, circle of influence is, uh, is coming to face. So that's so cool, so cool. Gina, let me help you into the water. let's continue to support and encourage Gina as she continues to pursue Jesus and follow Jesus. Thanks, Gina. I mentioned really quickly that, uh, that Anthony is also going to be baptized, but I'm going to actually invite Josh forward. Josh runs the program called Treehouse here. It's essentially our youth program at Restoration Church, and he's going to share a little bit about Treehouse, uh, and then he is going to have the honor of baptizing Anthony. So go ahead, Josh. Awesome. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Like, if this was church every Sunday, I would, I would still be pumped about it. Um, but obviously, it's, it's awesome to have uh, good preaching every week, too. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be here today and to be able to do this. Um, I want to share a little bit about Treehouse and what it is and how you can be involved with it before we jump into dunking Anthony here. Um, but so, so Treehouse, um, it started 30 years ago, and... Uh, what is it? The, the founder says, you know, I named it Treehouse uh, because he had a, a treehouse in his neighborhood when he was little. And so he said, when I would climb up the, my rope ladder and pull it up uh, into the treehouse, I felt safe. Right? So he named it Treehouse because he wanted Treehouse to be a safe place for the students that he reached. Um, so that's what it continues to be today. Um, it's a safe place for for young people um, to learn how to struggle well through life, okay? So that's, that's the basics of what it is. It's, we offer it to 6th through 12th graders. Um, so if you know any 6th through 12th graders that, that could benefit from just having a safe place to be known, to be cared about, um, please get in touch with me uh, so we can help, help you make that connection. Um, Anthony, come on up here. So I'll get you a, a microphone of your own. Uh, so I asked Anthony just to be prepared to say, you know, a couple things about Treehouse. Um, so my first question, Anthony, is just why is Treehouse important to you? Well, like you said, it's a very safe place, and it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made to go there, honestly, because I've met a lot of new friends. One of them is working AV back there with his father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and what would you say to someone who maybe would, like, is considering coming to Treehouse? Like, why, why should they come? Well, I'd first say that you will always be safe. You'll never be left out, out of anything unless you want to be. And you will definitely connect with other people. Yeah. Um, now, this is putting you on a spot, but I know you know these things. So we have something at Treehouse called the three needs. And these are three things uh, that we believe everyone needs to know about themselves. Can you tell us what those are? You are not alone, you are lovable, capable, and worthwhile, and you are loved without strings. Yes. There's power in those words, if you caught those. <laughs> you've got them down, right? Um, and if, 
if you talk to any of my regular treehouse students, they, they know them. Um, we have these bracelets, too, and it's printed on the inside of them. Um, but you think about all the hurt in this world um, today and all the things that kind of go against these three things. Uh, it's, just, it's just really why I believe in what we do at Treehouse because um, we're, we're teaching these young people to know these things are true about themselves, to know that they are loved without strings, right? No matter what's happened to them, no matter what they've done, they're loved. They're loved by God and they're loved by everyone at Treehouse. Um, to know that they are lovable, you know, they're able to be loved, um, to know that they're capable, they can do things if they put their mind to it, to know that they're worthwhile, that we're here for them, we believe in them enough to give our time to invest in them, um, and to know that they're not alone. That last one's a good one. It's a strong one. Uh, you are not alone. It's a powerful message, um, and we believe it's true um, while you're at Treehouse, but we also want you to know it when you go out into the world, because you're not going to always feel like you're not alone when you're out there. Um, we believe God's always with you, but you also have the support of your friends and leaders at Treehouse. Um, so, Anthony, uh, that goes on to your part here. So are you ready to tell your sherry, as Ross would say? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, however you'd like to tell, go ahead and, and start whenever you're ready. All right. Um, I'm just going to start it off like this. I was born into a sort of Catholic kind of household. Like, we'd go every once in a while, but not always. And then when my mom moved out of her parents' place, we I kind of just stopped going altogether, along with my older sister. She went through CCD and all that other stuff while I just stayed home and went to preschool for those two weeks that I did. And... <laughs> I just played video games all the time. Mm-hmm. Then when my dad moved in with us, nothing really changed except I realized that my mom wasn't really exactly the best, like like physic like mentally. Mm-hmm. And when we moved up to this place called Simpson, it kind of got worse because she stopped going altogether and my older sister got angrier depressed I was completely oblivious to all of this during this and I didn't know any of this was happening also behind the scenes my mom and dad were in the middle of being divorced and then we moved back down to here and a couple years later, I came here, learned about Treehouse. What, like I said, was probably the best decision I've ever made. Changed my life. <laughs> you make me cry too, man. <laughs> and just basically learning that anything's possible, and that God is there. Yeah, that's awesome. So a couple weeks ago, um, I started asking uh, students, like, hey, we're going to be doing baptisms. Is anybody interested? And what, what made you respond to that? Um, 
I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Yeah. So, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, I I was saying, hey, we're going to be doing baptisms. Anybody um, want to be baptized? And and you were like, oh, yeah, me. Well, why why did you respond that way? It was a mixture of my older sister in the back getting baptized last year and learning more about God and how people have like pushed me into it kind of like helped yeah, me into encouraged it. you into it. yeah awesome cool we want to do this all right let's do this thing <laughs> all right so anthony based on your faith and the testimony of jesus christ and baptizing in the name of the father I'm going to invite Dan forward as he is going to be the first person this morning to be baptized. This might have been out of the order that I told you guys, which I apologize for. But Hey, buddy. How are you, man? Not, not really a lead-off hitter, but thanks. Oh, you're the lead-off hitter, man. Come on. Hey, if you guys were, if you guys were with us just a couple weeks ago, Dan and his wife Alex um, shared basically all of your story. I mean, it took a half hour, so um, we're not going to ask Dan to go into that much detail this morning, but Dan, tell us how you got to this point of uh, wanting to be baptized this morning. Um, well, it's been a pretty long and broken, very broken, hilly, jagged road. Um, so I'll, I'll do a summary. I'll try yeah, to keep, yeah, it, I'll try yeah, to keep it under, you know, this will be the abrupt, yeah, stairway. There are others that need to be baptized, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know. So... Um, while while I was in the, I was raised Catholic I was a creaser as my wife likes to say Christmas and Easter and dropping the envelopes off and out the door um, I joined the military and was deployed to Iraq and in that time I became a Christian because I needed my insurance policy um, in case I didn't make it out I wanted to make sure I went to at least purgatory and then I could you know mop some floors clean some bathrooms get work my way into heaven from there. Um, Got home, and God wasn't a factor anymore. Uh, I was replaced by alcohol and, and women and all kinds of nonsense. Um, so fast forward almost a decade, hadn't been in church, hadn't thought about church. Um, church wasn't a factor, and I transferred. I was a Philadelphia police officer, and I transferred to the 15th district, and the police chaplain, uh, this handsome young man right here, Dave, um, <laughs> Showed up. He used to come once a week to, to um, you know, teach us about God. And it was my first, one of my first nights in the district. And uh, my old partner, who I'd worked with most of my career, was there. And roll call ended. I got up to leave. And he grabbed me and said, yeah, you should stay and listen to this guy. And from there, um, Dave began to teach me about God and Jesus and the Bible. And we met for breakfast. And, you know, so God has used, has flooded my life with, so many people who wanted to bring me into the kingdom and wanted me at this moment. Um, and I fought it off tooth and nail um, with constant stupidity and terrible decisions and sin and every bad thing you could dream of. Um, I've been there. I've done it all. And I have the t-shirt. Um, so God, I mean, we go back to to Genesis, we go back to Adam and Eve, God has always believed in that covenant with us and has always held faithful to us and has always forgiven us and always, um, you know, 
always had that paternal relationship with us. You know, I know my kids are going to screw up, but I still love them. I know they're going to make huge mistakes, life-changing mistakes. I'm still going to love them. Not only that, I'm going to love them so much that I send the right people to their lives constantly. <coughs> constantly. Like I said, I've been flooded with, with Dave and Glenna, with... with my wife and, and my three beautiful kids who held on for dear life when I was at rock bottom. Held on and, and used God's love and God's strength and forgave me for all my stupidity and for all my mistakes. And that's, that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm getting baptized because God's love is real and God... Amen works in our lives today just like he did at the beginning of time. There were plenty of times in my life where I was too ignorant to realize that and to open my heart to it, and my heart's open to it. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Is cannonballing in frowned upon? Or is that <laughs> So let's continue to encourage uh, Dan and his, and his faith and his relationship with Jesus Christ as he continues the journey, continues to grow. So cool. So I'm going to invite Alex forward now um, because she, she's a, she has her own story, but she's also just a significant part of Dan's story too. So uh, welcome, Alex. You can stand here and support if you want. Yeah, that's cool. So Alex, tell us how you got to this point in your faith journey. Um. I grew up, as Dan said, a creaser, and um, actually there was probably a point in time where I was very anti-church. Dave's laughing at me because he knows <laughs> he bore the brunt of that. And you shared that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you were. Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of what we said, we already said two weeks ago, so I'm just going to say insert Appendix A podcast of from two weeks ago, but um, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... It, Faith does not always come easy to me. I always say that um, in the beginning, God couldn't throw me hints. He had to, like, hit me in the head with a brick uh, to show me that he was there. And I used to think that, and I I said this before, but um, I used to think that, you know, if God actually spoke to you, then that meant you were crazy because that's the way I was taught because I'm a nurse. And it's a common auditory hallucination. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's actually one of the most common. Uh Um, so I think in the beginning, God spoke to me through my patients. Uh, I spent the last 10 years up until last week, actually, as um, an ER nurse. And I would be having a bad day or worrying about something trivial, and I would go to work to people who were having the worst days of their lives. And then I would be like, all right, I guess that doesn't matter. 
you know. Um, so I think that God spoke to me that way, and then he moved me across the street from here, and, he, and I still was like, mm, not happening. <laughs> um, it's funny because I was thinking about this, and I, there was a short period, like a, probably a year when I was in high school, that I um, went to Calvary on South uh, Philmont Ave. Philmont, yeah. Philmont Ave with my aunt. Um, my parents never went or anything like that, but and I remember having a conversation with her one day, and she just said to me, "What are you, what are you searching for? What are you searching for?" And I just was like, "I didn't know I was searching for anything, you know." But she just got this feeling that I was searching for something. Um, fast forward, I got married when I was 21. I had my babies at uh, 22 and 23, and I think from then on I prayed for patience. And I didn't even know if I believed in God, but I talked to him about patience on a regular basis. <laughs> um, because I have, <laughs> for example, Finn didn't want to eat his banana this morning, so he stuck it in his pocket, and now he has a smashed banana in his pocket. So I would pray <laughs> for things like that. All right. True story. <laughs> He's sitting right there. Um, and I don't think, Finn. Can you do something with that? <laughs> All right, so there's that. <laughs> um, and I don't Happens think to all of us. Yeah, I don't think that um, I was getting it quite clearly enough, and I uh, you know, kept praying for patience with my kids, and God said, you know what, you're going to learn today. And he gave me my husband and my baby, who's not in here. Um, so I just think that it's been a long, arduous road for me and God, and um, to have the relationship that we have now. Like I said, insert, you know, appendix A, see two weeks ago as to what happened to us. Um, this past fall, and for the first time that I actually was like, oh, he's here. Um, and I think ever since then, I've just had these moments where I'm like, I call my see you God moments. You know, like yeah. small things happen now, and I'm like, I see you, I see you. Like this is, a, we talk on a pretty regular basis now. And um, it's just, like I said, hasn't been an easy road for us, me and God, because I'm just stubborn as all get out. But I think that that's, that's why I'm here now is because I'm so stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that he just kind of sealed his relationship, and I, you know, that's how it, that's how I am. Just once you're, once you're in, you're 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 in, you know. And he just showed up when I needed him the most, and now there's no there's no going back. Yeah, praise God. All right, cool. Let's do this. And again, of course, let's continue to encourage uh, Dan and Alex both. I love husband and wife baptisms. Isn't that super cool? That's super awesome. Yes, and Appendix A uh, two weeks ago is definitely worth your half hour um, if during a commute or something to go listen to their story. It's just an, such an incredible work that God has done in their life. So, um, Next, I am going to invite my buddy Scott Ford. Scott, I'm so excited that you're here today. Right on, man. Um, tell us how you got to this point in your life. Well, 
how can I explain this? So I was always raised in uh, a, Baptist ho a Baptist home. I've always been raised in churches. Um, I remember as a youngster on uh, Long Beach Island where I grew up, uh, going to Bible studies with my nana in Surf City, uh, Harvey Cedars, and um, I've always been, uh, I've always had that foundation. Uh, um, so I was born with end-stage renal disease. Um, I've had uh, five five kidney transplants. Excuse me. This so real quick, I just want to explain something to you. So this last transplant was quite a miracle. Uh, July fourth, two thousand fourteen. Um, real quick, with each transplant, it's harder to match. Okay, um, with each transplant that rejects, your body builds antibodies against. Uh, your body, so it makes it harder to match with the next transplant to come, right? So the transplant scales from zero to 100. Before my fifth transplant, I was at 99. So that could just give you kind oh. of a oh. example of, yeah. you know, how hard it was to match. Yeah. So this fifth one came upon me, and not only was it a transplant, but it was a perfect match. So to give you an example, it's like winning the Powerball three times in a row. Mm. Okay, so I'm extremely blessed. I'm happy. It's 4th of July. It's freedom. I'm going to be off of dialysis, and it, it was fantastic. And the kidney uh, lasted a little while, um, jumped to February of last year, 2017. I contracted the neurovirus, which is simply just a bad stomach virus. And um, I could have gotten it anywhere. Um, as a transplant patient, you're on immunosuppressant drugs, and it shuts down your immune system, and your immune system can't fight anything. So, um, it took the kidney. Sorry. So, jump to um, July of last year. I had to um, get back on kidney dialysis. Uh, after a couple weeks of uh, kidney dialysis, um, University of Pennsylvania, where I've had four of my five transplants, sent me a letter telling me that um, they were denying me to put me back on the list. But that's not to say that um, a surgical team at another hospital won't accept me to put me back on the list. But that's okay. I'm here, I'm breathing, right? So the last couple months have been pretty uh, tumultuous for me. Um, I was in a very, very dark, dark place. Um, I looked at my firearm on my nightstand every day. And I thought to myself, it's today today. Because I just didn't want to be here anymore. Sorry, Mom. I just didn't want to be here anymore. So I was in, um, it was dire straits at this point. I told my stepdad that I wanted to end it. And he made the call out to my family who are, whew, they're warriors, man, I'll tell you. Um, they all called me, left voice messages. I didn't feel like talking to anyone th that day. And I went up to Jersey City to meet with my Aunt Debbie, who's a pastor. And uh, my Aunt Linda was there from Greece, um, my Uncle Anthony. And they all, we prayed, we prayed, and they all laid hands on me, and 
I let out this cry that I never let out before, this kind of wail, if you will. And then I just went limp in my Aunt Linda's arms. So I have prayer warriors in the world. I just found out China, Greece, uh, throughout this nation here, Florida, um, everywhere. You know, I have such an amazing support system. And I'm one of the lucky ones because a lot of people don't have that support system like I do. And, you know, I, it, it, as human beings, we all want to control so much in our life, but we can't, right? And it's like we all just want to be captains of our own ship, but we're not. We're the ship. He's the captain, right? Yeah. So I just have to give it up to him, and I have, and I'm just ready just to get rid of this negativity in my life and, and just cast out this darkness and I've been through so much, and it's like, I, I just want to praise God for allowing me to wake up today with breath in my lungs, food in my belly, and clothes on my back. Mm. Because things could be a lot worse. A mother could be burying her child, and I don't want my mom to go through that. Sorry. No. So, I'm back on dialysis. Fight the good fight and just live each day a- until the wheels fall off. And uh, thank you, Ross, for having an integral part in saving my life. Danielle Turner, thank you so much for bringing me here. Yeah. My girlfriend for, man, I'm so sorry for putting you, what I put you through. Oh, I, it was just like anger and just resentment, yeah. mean, yeah. doubt in my faith, total 100% doubt, but not anymore. I'm here to get cleansed today and just live the good life, man. So uh, thank you for allowing me and affording me this opportunity, everybody. I really appreciate it. <laughs> what it's all about that's that's it that's it i'm gonna invite josh to follow that one up um josh is uh josh leads our treehouse uh program called treehouse here it's essentially uh the youth program here at restoration church and um and we have the privilege of of baptizing some youth today which is super cool but josh has played such an integral role in their life and um and treehouse in, in particular to to bring some of these students to where they are today so i've invited josh to to be a part of this uh, so, Josh, take it away. Oh, man. Uh, stories. This is like happy tears that we're baptizing people in today, right? Um, uh, uh, Mitchell, Kylie, Bruce, come on up here. Um, you guys can stand here. Um, I have a couple questions for you. These are the three that we baptized today. Um, as they're walking up, I just want to share a little bit about what Treehouse is. You think of that? Word treehouse. A lot of people are like, why is it called treehouse? Like, do you guys meet in the treehouse or something? Um, the founder of treehouse, like you know, thirty plus years ago, um, he he decided to name it treehouse because he he was a school teacher, um, high school teacher, and just recognized that 
uh, young people uh, were just hurting and they just needed a safe place. Um, he could only do so much as a teacher in the schools, uh, so he, he started this thing called Treehouse. Um, he says, the reason I called it Treehouse uh, is because when I was growing up, there was a treehouse in my neighborhood. Um, and when I would climb up the rope ladder um, and pull it up, you know, I, I felt safe. This is a safe place for me. Um, so that's why Treehouse, I don't know if you guys know that story even. Um, you probably heard me say it if you've been around. But that's why it's called Treehouse, because it's a safe place um, for young people uh, to learn how to struggle well through life. Um, so that's what Treehouse is. Um, we meet uh, 6.30 to 8, Sundays and Wednesdays. So if you know any 6th through 12th graders that could benefit from a place like Treehouse, um, please just get in touch with me, um, and we can get them connected. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, so take your time if you, if you have an answer for this, um, but I just want them to kind of share a word or two about why um, Treehouse is important to you. So if you guys were asked that question, why is Treehouse important to you, just give me like a sentence or two each if you have an answer. All right, Bruce, you want to start? Yeah. I know, I know it might overlap with your story too, so <laughs> try to keep it brief now and then we'll get into it more. Okay. Um. So recently, um, who you know, uh, one of my friends, Autumn, uh, got, was recently murdered, um, in, uh, Camden, uh, and I came to Josh, and he's helped me through a lot, um, I was kind of lost, and I didn't know where and who to go to, <coughs> until I came to you, um, you turned my life basically around, Josh, and I gotta thank you, and that's, Treehouse is a wonderful place, and you guys should come, <coughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get, we can let you talk a little bit more of Bruce later. Uh, Mitch, you got something to say? Um, I'll keep it short, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> so if you're having like a bad day, Treehouse is like a great place to go. You have fun, you learn new people or meet new people, you learn new things. It's just like a great place to go. Yeah. Thanks, Mitch. Um, I guess Treehouse is basically like a second family for me. They're always really supportive and yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. Um, so, well, uh, anybody want to go first? I guess I'll go. Bruce? All right, come on over. So, you have something written down you want to read to everybody? Cool. Hi. Hey, we, didn't, we didn't hug yet. Oh. We usually oh, greet by hugging. <laughs> Good, how are you? Good. <laughs> awesome. Hi, I'm Bruce. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. Um, so, I'm going to start off my story. When I was younger, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him. My mom and Nana would always talk about Jesus and try to get me to talk with them to talk with them, but I never would. I didn't like church. It was boring. It didn't, I didn't understand understand it. Then my mom found Restoration Church and made me go with my whole family. I didn't want to go, but once I was there seeing Ross with the, cu- the guitar and making me laugh, I really started to listen to what he was saying. Then I started with Triash and Josh, and it changed my life. Having Jesus in my heart now fills a part of me that I didn't know was empty. I want to be with God and let him guide me through my life because without him, I would be lost. All right, awesome. Well, let's get you in here.
Who's next? Kylie? All right, Kylie's awesome. She brought me questions to ask her, so. <laughs> All right, so, you ready? What was life like prior to meeting Jesus? No, I think I just need to, there we go. Okay. So for me, I was born into a Christian household. I went to church every Sunday. And when I did go, I had somewhat of an idea of what we were talking about. But it was not like I could, you could put me in front of people and say, explain to me what we just talked about. Because I didn't have an idea. Gotcha. So what introduced you to Jesus? Um, my mom introduced me to Jesus when I was little. I chose to keep following the path she guided me to. Cool. And then what changed? Um, for me, I have a deeper understanding on who Jesus Christ is and what he did. I still would not like to explain what we talked about just because I'm nervous. If I was told to, I could try and sum up the message. Awesome. Thanks for being honest. Uh, so why are you doing this today? Why are you choosing to um, do this today? I'm doing this today because I believe that Jesus Christ died to take my sins away. I was baptized as a baby, but it was my mom's choice, and I want it to be my choice. That's time. awesome. I love it. Hand Mitchell your mic. Hi, Mitchell. How you doing? Is Hello. it on? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Mitchell was uh, sat with me last service, and we witnessed a lot of awesome stories like we did um, in this service as well. We were just talking in the back. I said, well, you want to get baptized? And yeah. he, and we, you, I think so, <laughs> right? Uh, he said, and we had a little conversation about, um, he's like, well, when is the next one? I was like, next service, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... This is a, a kind of a brand new uh, thing for Mitchell to make this decision. Um, so I'm going to just ask you a few questions, um, and then we can go from there, all right? All right, Mitchell, so um, what was life like prior to, um, I know for you, is, is coming to Restoration Church and, and finding out about Treehouse. So what was life like that for you? Um, I want to say it's kind of normal. Like, I didn't grow up going to church until I was, like, 11. I just kind of did a little kid things. That's about it. Yeah. All right. And then, so what are, <laughs> what are some of the things that have changed and some of the things you've learned um, since coming to Restoration Church and getting involved with Treehouse and things like that? Um, some of the things I learned was that a lot of things don't work unless you have Jesus. They don't work to their full potential. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, you've come to recognize that um, we, can't, we can't really have a good relationship with God without giving it over to Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then what is kind of your hope for the future? What is, what is your, how do you see your life being different as a result of knowing Jesus? Um, 
uh, so like I said, uh, you know, we just started having this conversation about yeah. 30 on minutes on ago. Um, but I know you were expressing to me, you know, like I know it's it's just going to be uh, maybe a different trajectory than if yeah. if you hadn't um, come to to know who Jesus yeah. was and come to know. I don't know my future, church. but yeah. God knows my future. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's get you baptized, man. one quick thing. You guys can take a seat. But just like um, Ross said, um, please encourage those that were baptized today. I would just say there's so many ways you can be involved with Treehouse um, and to continue to encourage these awesome young people um, in their faith and their, their life with God. So again, if, if that's a way you want to be involved with Treehouse, please uh, get in touch with me um, and I can get you involved for sure. Absolutely. Hey, let's, uh, let's celebrate one more time with for all those people who have uh, committed their lives. To Christ and declaring it today. Yeah, you can stand. We're going to stand anyway, but give him a standing ovation. That's cool. So there's this verse. Uh, I mentioned this last week for those of you here. It's in, a, it's in a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to his friend named Timothy. And in this, he says that there's really, really incredible news. Um, I am the worst of all the sinners in the world. <laughs> but the really good news is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And, uh, and that's just such a beautiful message. It is the good news um, that we declare. And it is true of every single person that just declared that this morning. And so let's give uh, everyone just to celebrate one more time with everyone who chose to be baptized. I, I, I love this. It's such a powerful Sunday, such a good Sunday. And let's, let's just commit to being storytellers, you know. Um, let's commit to sharing our story. Let's commit to being Sherry's. Storytellers, people. Um, S-H-A-R. Um, and, and let's see what happens in our communities, you know, because of it. Let's see what happens, what God will do through our testimony, through our witness, through our declaration. I encourage you to find the boldness to do that uh, because there's a lot of hurting people in the world, right? There's a lot of hurting neighbors. There's a lot of hurting coworkers that need the grace of God, and we have it in abundance. And so let's not, let's not shy away from doing that.